Yuma, Perik Zion, Mishnah Hay, 7-5, the last of the Perik. And although we just completed with the previous Mishnah the entire order of the day for the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippurim, we now finish up by talking about the garments that the Kohen Gadol and a regular Kohen wear every day of the year. The reason why this is here is at least two possibilities. One is we differentiated repeatedly between the Kohen Gadol's white clothing, Big Day Laban, and his gold investments. So we'll see here what those gold investments look like, as opposed to the white vestments as well, which is what with the Kohen Hediot, the regular Kohen would wear. In addition, the end of the Mishnah will have the punchline that only while the Kohen Gadol is wearing all eight of his Big Day Zahav, his usual eight vestments, may he be asked to consult with the Urim Vetumim, as I'll explain about that in a moment, and that occurs in the Kaddish Kadashim. So that's another unique usage of the of the Kodesh Kodashim, aside for the Voda of Yom Kippurim, also the consultation with the Urmatum happens in the Kodesh Kodashim, so therefore it has a connection here. The Mishnah says inside, The Kohangadol serves with eight articles of clothing. Kalim means in general, it means utensils. But uh, throughout the Talmud, when it says Kalim, the typical reference of Kalim is a reference to an article of clothing. In the time of Chazal, most of the artifacts people had were clothing. They had very few, unlike today, very relatively few other kinds of artifacts, utensils outside of clothing. And similarly, by the way, when the Gemara says peros, produce, it's typically referring to grain, although it could refer to other kinds of food as well. So here the Kongadal serves with eight kinds, eight, eight different articles of clothing. The Hediot and a Generic Kohen, Hediot means in contrast to someone special, this is a more generic version, so the Kohen Hediot is a generic Kohen of the Kohen Gadol, Ba'ar Ba'ah, he, the Kohen Hediot, wears just four specific vestments, and the Kohen or Kohen Gadol must be wearing specifically these four or eight, and all of them in order to do their respective avodas. Without the full set of clothing, the avoda is not allowed, it's, it's puzzle. So first we have Bikatones, the first will go the first four that go to every Kohen first, then we'll add the extra four that go in the Kohen Gadol. The first is the Katonis. The Katonis is uh, translated as a tunic. It's basically, think of it as like a kind of like a night shirt, what it looks like. So it's a, it's a shirt, if you will, but um, it's tight fitting and it extends the sleeves extend all the way down to the wrists. Um, the neckline is quite high and the hem goes all the way essentially down to the ankles. So this is a total, uh, okay, like that, a tunic. Umechna Sayim. Uh, sorry, the tunic, I should say, should say is, is made out of linen. So it's plain white linen. This will be what I'll refer to later on as a big day love on, white garments. So um, it's it's uh, pure linen. Umechna Sayim. Mechna Sayim are, um, I think, translated typically as breeches, or I sometimes say boxer shorts. The truth is it doesn't have an exact analog in our dress today. You can think of them as boxer shorts. They're serving as, as his undergarment, um, but they are very um, high-waisted. They actually go up, it says, to just beneath the heart, so like, you know, middle of his torso, and there are, like, straps that tie around his torso to fix it. This is, of course, an age before elastic, etc. And the the legs of the of the Mechnasayim extend all the way down to the knees, so you can call it boxer shorts, but these are of course very extended undergarments, kind of like um, kind of like a horse riding breech or something like that. Also made out of linen, white. 
umitznefes. The mitznefes is the turban, the head wrap that's worn. Um, now, according to the the chumash, we differentiate between the mitznefet is the term used for the turban of the kohen gadol, whereas a migbaat is the word used for the turban of a kohen hediot. It seems for Rosh there's not much of a difference. There may be a small difference in as much as the kohen gadol has to wear the tzitz, as we'll see in a moment, the head band, the golden headband, um, whereas a Kohen Hediot does not, but essentially the Mitznefes, or something very similar to it, is, is uh, the plain linen garment worn both by the Kohen Godel and the Kohen Hediot. And finally, the Avnet. The Avnet is like a sash, kind of a belt, that wraps around the waist of the Kohen or Kohen Godel. Um It's also, it's 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 large. It's three etzbos wide, so three fingers wide, I don't know what that is, a couple inches wide, a few inches wide. Um, and three inches wide, let's say, and it is 32 amos long. So that's something like 16 meters, 50 feet, something like that. It's very long. Um, so it wraps around again and again and again around um, the the torso, like the waist of the of the Kohen or Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol's avnet is actually made up not just of plain linen, but actually like the other garments, um, but instead it's made up of four different types of threads, pishtam, which is linen, as well as tcheles, that's um, wool, that's dyed blue with the uh, chilozon juices. The argamon, argamon is uh, like a wool that's dyed, let's say, purple. And tolashni, that's wool that's dyed crimson, red. So then those four different types of, of uh, threads are woven together to make the Kohen Gadol's avnet, his, his sash. On Yom HaKippurim, the Kohen Gadol certainly does not wear that colorful sash. He wears a plain white sash. As far as the Kohen Hediot, what do they wear? So it's not um, it's not explicit, it's not clear. So there's actually a, a machlokus um, in the Mephorshim, whether it's the Kohen Gadol who alone wears the colorful Avnet and, and the Kohen Hediot wears simply a, a white one, um, or whether the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen of Hediotos alike wear this colorful colorful belt. Yom Kippur put aside. Um, I should have mentioned, by the way, I, I regret it, I just want to mention that the katonis, the, the tunic, for the Kohen Gadol, at least for sure, it's it's um, got a very special type of weave. It's called uh, mishbetzet. It's um, like um, kind of like a waffle weave. It's boxes translated as. So you can think of something like the old school, uh, like thermal underwear. So it's got that like kind of a just raised... The weave is raised into kind of little boxes. So that is the something very specific about the Katonas by the Kohen Gadol, and it's a machlokus um, in the Rishonim, whether the Kohen Hediot also had this like specially weaved Katonas, or they had just a, a smooth, like kind of broadcloth, simple linen Katonas. So that's um, the, the Ibn Ezra says it was on the Kohen Gadol, whereas the Rambam says that uh, the Kohen Hediot as well had Mishpat, so this like box weaved Katonas. Those are the four um, garments that are common to all the Kohanim, Kohen Gadol included, and that's basically what he would wear as his big day loving on Yom Kippur to do what I called before, you know, phase two and phase four, going in the Kanach Kedoshim, again with the Avnet being plain linen. Umosef alav Kohen Gadol. As the Kohen Gadol, he has four more garments. I'll call them vestments in addition to the uh, those first four, and these go on top of those. First of all, you have the Choshen. Choshen translated typically as like the breastplate, for lack of a better term, 
but don't think of it as being metal. It was really woven out of out of um, fabric. It included golden threads, as you'll see. All four of these additional garments do have um, gold woven into them, um, and that's why they're one of the reasons they're called Big Day Zahav golden garments because they have gold included. But they weren't just of golden threads. They also had trellis, the blue wool, argamon, the purple wool, and tola shani, the crimson wool, as well as pishtan linen. So that's all um, woven together. It was basically um, half an amma wide, called a zeres. Let's call it something like 9 to 12 inches wide. And it was double that length, so a full amma long. Let's call it one and a half, two feet, half a meter. And then um, it was folded in half, so that it, it, once it's folded, so basically you have like half an amma half, by half an amma, uh, something like around like, say, 9 by 9 inches, 25 by 25 centimeters, something like that. Um, and inside the fold is where you put that Urim Vatumim. We'll come back to that shortly. But Urim Vatumim is like a parchment where the Shem Hashem force is written and put inside of it there. Um, now, this essentially woven breastplate um, had to attach with other garments, so it had four golden rings on the four corners. Um, the two upper rings were attached to the A-foot, we'll set in a second, the apron. Uh, via golden chains, and the two lower rings were attached to the ephod via trellis um, threads, these blue wool threads. Um, and then woven into the choshen were kind of like sockets, places um, where you could put in the the uh, the stones, the avne choshen, the stones that go inside the breastplate, um, of which there were 12, the one for each of the 12 shvatim. So on each of these 12 Precious stones. They had a, it was like a matrix three wide by four, three by four, um, on the choshen for twelve stones. Each stone had engraved one of the tw- the names of one of the twelve tribes, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, etc. Bit of a machlokus, exactly the order where it's in chronological order. Or Leah goes first. Leah's children go first. And be there as it may, um, you have those twelve stones, and those are going to be useful and used when one consults Urim Batumim. Now, if you um, check carefully, you'll see that we're missing four letters of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Four don't appear in the names of the 12 tribes. Um, so those are the, the Tzadi, the Tes, the Ches, and the Kuf. So in addition, we had engraved in the stones the names of the patriarchs Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Yitzchak give us, gives us um, many letters in me, but you can see there that the Tzadi, as well as the Ches and, and the Kuf. Um, in addition, we also have engraved the words um, either Shivtei Yeshurun or Shivtei Ka, Yudhei, um, meaning the tribes of Israel, the tribes of God. And um, that's also, so that will give us the, the missing the missing uh, test that we need from Shevet. Okay, so then those stones with their engravings are embedded into the Choshen, the breastplate, which then um, is attached to the Ephod, and that's the next, the second of the four, Aphod. The aphod is translated as an apron. This definitely a picture is worth a thousand words. See what it looks like. Um, but basically, it's something like an apron. It has straps that wrap over the Kohen Gadol's shoulders and um, and around his waist, and kind of covers most of his clothing. And that is going to be um, attached to the choshen, which sort of stands in the middle of it. Worth seeing a picture. Be honest, the aphod was um, also made out of golden threads, as well as Tchelis, Argamon, and Tlashni, and Pishtan, so you have all the same threads as before, um, including gold again, you see, and that is what held the the Choshen. Um, then you have the Me'il. Now the Me'il um, went 
under the ephod, but it went on top of the katonas. The me'il, kind of like the katonas, also like a tunic, um, um, similar. But this this me'il was made exclusively out of tcheles, it's solid blue, um, covered again the whole the whole body of the kohen, gadol, um, with like a nice thick hem at the bottom so it shouldn't tear, a nice high round neckline by his neck, um, down sleeves all the way to the bottom, like by his wrists, and um, at the hem. The bottom had the famous um, rimonim and pa'amonim. There are seventy-two different, um, like balls. I'll call them. They were made out of also tchelis argaman and tvalashni. So little balls made out of um, woven wool of different colors. And then between each of the rimonim, there was the pa'amonim, these golden uh, bells. And as the kohen gadol would move, the bells would chime, and people would hear them coming. That was built into the structure of the meal. And finally, he had the, the tzitz. The tzitz is a kind of golden um, headband that goes across the full forehead, the whole from ear to ear, so across the whole way to the, the kongodal's forehead. And it was two etzbos thick, so I don't call it, I'll call it thick. Um, and it was written, the, word, the words kodesh l'ashem, sanctified to God, if you will, um, was, was um, written, engraved into the, the tzitz. So... In addition, the tzitz had uh, three holes, um, one on each side and one in the middle, uh, through which strings of treles were tied so that the tzitz could be attached to the kongodal's head. The, through the middle hole, there was a string that went over the top, on top of his mitzvahs, others from around the sides, and all tied in the back so it stayed on his head um, properly and, um, and didn't fall off. And the Mishnah therefore says those are the eight garments that the Kohen Gadol will wear on a regular day when it, or or his big days off, even on Yom Kippur, when he does his avoda. And the Mishnah says, Be'elu nish'alen ba'urim betumim. Only while the Kohen Gadol is wearing these eight vestments may the Urim betumim be consulted. So again, the Urim betumim is a reference to the Shem Hashem, the writing of God's name onto this parchment that was put inside the folds of the Choshen. Um, which sort of was like the battery pack, if you will, that's, that powered it up, um, and they could be consulted. What would happen would be that the Kohen Gadol would stand in the Kaddish Kedashim, he would face towards the Aaron, the person who had to consult with him, let's say the king would ask him the question that he wanted to ask, um, he would stand, the king would stand behind the Kohen Gadol, facing the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol facing the Aaron, and um, the Urim Vatumim, they're called that Urim, um, from the, like from Or means light, because it like Shemeirim, Divrehim, their light, it like lit forth, it's uh, it's message. It uh, you know they were explicit and, and, and clear. And tumim, tum is like um, completion. The point is that what 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 the urim v'tum said is what went. It was uh, like definitive, and there was no yeah. What was what, what was said? What it said was fulfilled. So what happened is the kohen gadol would be asked the question by the questioner standing behind him. The kohen gadol would um, look down at the stones on the choshen and read the ruach hakodesh. He would see certain of the letters being bolet, like um, protruding. And again, with Ruach HaKodesh, he would sort of decipher that anagram, um, ordering the letters to make a meaningful message um, in answer to the question that was being asked of him. And the Mishnah ends by saying, Not just anybody can ask the Kongadol to consult with Urmatum, only a king or the Bezdin. The Bezdin here, the Beidin, is referring to the Sanhedrin HaGadol, um, the great Sanhedrin of 71, or Misha Tzibot Sarachbo, or someone upon whom the the community, the the nation is dependent upon, like for example, 
um, the Kohen Mashiach, who's taking the the people out to war again, will consult about you know whether or not to go to war and so on. That's a, na- a national consideration. So only those types of people may consult the Kohen Gadol, who would then consult with Urim Vatumim, get an answer to an explicit question of like, should we or should we not do something? And with that, we finish the seventh parak of Sechus Yoma, and really the end of a, a whole complete section, because as the eighth parak begins next, Bez Hashem, you'll see that the topic is Yom Kippur, as we experience it today, talking about the various restrictions, um, as well as who can and can't eat, and finally, Tshuva.